Hello, and welcome back to the Global Fly Fisher podcast. This is uh, Martin Jorgensen speaking, um, and I'm in my car, as you might be able to hear. And actually, I'm in the middle of Copenhagen, and I'm not going fishing or anything like it, because it's absolutely dead freezing right now it's probably about minus 10 degrees centigrade or something like that even though it's a sunny day and a calm day i think uh, fishing would be in vain but well i'm a pessimist right now not least because i've um, i've been um, i've actually just this weekend been on my 15th and 16th skunked trip that's 15 and 16 trips in a row without a fish I mean that's unfair if you want to know my opinion not that I expect to catch fish on every single trip I go on but uh, I definitely want to catch fish just once in a while so well well that's the way it is Today I was planning on talking about buying fly tying material. Not least because I plan to go shopping a bit on the way here. I've just been walking my dog in the, in a nearby park and um, I gotta do a bit of uh, grocery, go grocery shopping and then after that I'm gonna probably pop by a tackle shop and buy some fly tying material. So, um, you might be able to join me in, um, on my shopping spree and uh, see what we find. And uh, I might just leave my uh, microphone open and uh, let you get a bit of ambience from a, a Danish tackle shop and uh, let you see what, uh, or rather hear, what I hear when I go there. We'll see. For now, I'm, uh, I'm just driving... Uh, some different errands and um, as usual I'm just gonna cut in here and uh, check whether I get something on my recorder or not because I, I have been recording in, in vain a couple of times and um, I don't want to sit here and talk to you for like 20 minutes about fly tying materials and then discover that I didn't get anything on my on my recorder so just hang on a bit enjoy the ride and I'll be back with more on buying fly tying stuff. Okay, that sounded fine, as far as I could hear. Monitoring your own voice in the car is not really easy, but um, I think it's okay. Okay, um, fly tying materials. For some reason we all seem to have too much and uh, for some reason we all seem to need more anyway I don't know why that is but uh, it does seems to seem to be the case uh, you can never get enough and uh, I for one always look for new stuff when I go shopping or when I go somewhere where this material I I'm always tempted I um, I know I've bought thousands of dollars worth of materials and uh, borrowed and some 
some has been given to me and um, as you know how it is I even raise chickens in the in the backyard and uh, get a, a feather or two occasionally from those we when we butcher them for for eating we um, I usually skin them and prepare the skin so I get my own fly tying materials few people can uh, can brag about growing their own chickens but um, well some of us do and um, all in all I seem to just gather piles of materials and as you all also know probably you feel the same way as I do about materials is that you basically use the same 10 or 20 types and uh, then you have a whole bunch of stuff that you bought in the nice to have department and uh, never got around to use and just have lying around in your house I have a, a big uh, cabinet back home with some huge drawers that I uh, that I found uh, I think it's been used for bank papers once it's got these big flat drawers which are really practical for fly tying stuff which is often packed in bags and can lie flat and it was just garbage and I just took it and uh, brought it home and it's been uh, working very well as a material uh, depot since then but still well you can always find stuff to buy and as I said whenever I go into a shop I get tempted but also, whenever I get into one of these fly shops or tackle shops that have fly tying stuff, I'm amazed and I'm actually uh, a bit disappointed or whatever you would say about the prices of this stuff. And when I talk about prices, I, I'm referring to... I'm mostly referring to prices on synthetics because for some reason I can see in some cases I can see uh, a good reason for having to charge a hefty price for some really nice and rare natural material in a very good quality but all this synthetics are basically just some kind of plastic most of them are just strings of stuff caught, cut up into little pieces and stuffed in bags and most of it has been used for I don't know dresses dolls toys wigs carnival costumes I don't know what they use it for but definitely it's not been made for fly tying it's been made for some other purpose and uh, some smart fly tying material wholesale dealer has found it and bought it in a big spool and started cutting it into pieces and charging a premium hefty hefty price for it and I'm always amazed how much that can cost my favorite one of my favorite examples is bead chain eyes bead chain eyes is a type of material that I use quite a lot and um, bead chain is usually sold in pieces like a couple of feet maybe uh, 50 60 80 centimeters or something like that and it'll cost you like in Denmark it will cost you like maybe 20 30 Danish kroners which amounts to about like 
four to six US dollars. Now BeatChain is basically the kind of chain that you use for your plug for your bathtub or that you use to have in your keys for a kind of a keychain or that you use to attach a pen to a foot in the bank or something like that and that chain is not going to cost like four to six dollars per yard or something like that that chain has cost a few cents per per three feet or something like that and and has been bought in huge spools somewhere and cut into little pieces to hold pens and stuff but for some reason we fly tires are so stupid that we that we buy this um, this uh, beat chain in uh, in little teeny tiny bits and pieces and pay an extreme price for it well let me return to you on the on the subject uh, when I I get back uh, back out I just have to go shopping a bit here and it's not fly tying so um, see you in a minute so there back from the first bit of shopping which uh, was the ever important coffee shopping in the Italian supermarket in uh, Copenhagen really a nice place Supermarco uh, really great excellent stuff in there and uh, really nice uh, nice nice coffee well that's another story let me remind myself that I want to do a podcast on uh, coffee someday because that's definitely one of the very important parts of fishing here in uh, in the cold parts of the world so back to the fly tying materials I'm probably gonna just drop by the Copenhagen Harbor here and uh, oops strange maneuvering in the traffic well it was my fault well I'm just gonna um, drop by um, the harbor here and uh, take the dock for a small walk and uh, get out outside to um, to look at the water for just a bit and um, you can join me the fly tying material business as I said it's basically uh, a question of cutting stuff in many cases a question of cutting stuff from big pieces into small pieces and uh, uh, proportionally uh, changing the price from small prices to big prices so what you get from that is actually um, very small pieces of stuff at very um, very expensive prices if you hear a deep rumbling sound right now it's because I'm, I'm driving on uh, cobblestones this is uh, an old part of the uh, harbor in Copenhagen which has been abandoned is, isn't used anymore and uh, there are a couple stones on the on the ground here so uh, it's quite uh, it's quite bumpy to, to go in your car here it's a place that people will typically go to take a break uh, maybe a lunch break or something like that and uh, actually I'm just on the edge of the water now it looks really nice gonna put on a hat and, uh, uh, and uh, 
my gloves and get my dog out and then just walk a bit around maybe shoot a couple of pictures Okay, the dog's out. I'm uh, I'm actually in the on the opposite side of the water uh, compared to the place that uh, I went when I was talking about weight fishing and wading in the water. So uh, I can look across and see the other side of the um, of the harbor here. I'll snap a few pictures on the way back. Well, the business about the business of materials and in particular synthetics and dubbing and yarns and what have you is actually um, a place where you can save yourself some money because in many cases those materials are available in um, in other types of shops. Um, typically, you can. You can go into craft shops, craft stores, which have kind of hobby-related items. In the U.S., that would be places like Michael's Craft, and uh, we have those types of uh, of shops all over the world. Probably, they usually cater to people who want to make artificial flowers, or dolls, or frame stuff, or uh, all kinds of creative hobbies. But um, Amongst their rows and rows of uh, colorful, uh, uh, strange materials, you'll often be able to find something that looks amazingly uh, familiar um, to the stuff that you find in, in fly shops. Uh, and uh, usually it's, it's so much less expensive that you would be surprised. It's um, it's very often that uh, that you can get ten times the amount of uh, material that you would get from uh, buying it in uh, in a fly shop. Of course, there are limits to what we, what you can get, but in many cases you can you can find stuff that's um, that's very useful. Typically, that would be stuff like like um, copper wire for your pheasant tail nymphs or your uh, your coastal flies or whatever it could be different kinds of braided yarns for body braids it could be uh, fur which you could also buy in a furrier but often you can find patches of fur in nice colors dyed in in all kinds of colors and in a good quality you can also sometimes find feathers actually even though they're a very poor quality usually, but in some cases you can find marigou and stuff like that in bright colors, which can, which can be, which can be useful. Um, so um, always look around when you get into one of those shops and uh, check check out whether you can uh, see stuff that looks like what you find in your local fly shop, because uh, some of that stuff is actually. Uh, actually both very good and very inexpensive. There are many sources to fly tying materials. One of my favorite stories about that is actually a friend I had 
tied a, a little fly um, from something like looked like craft fur or something like that in white and uh, he bought these patches of artificial fur from uh, the local fly shop until he one day found in a toy shop a little doll which had the same amount of uh, of uh, fur on its head as, a, as, as hair exactly the same material as close as it, as it ever gets and this little doll was probably about I don't know one third or one fourth of what the um, what the same patch of hair costs if you bought it in loose weight and you got a doll as a supplement if you wanted you could just give the doll a crew cut and give it to some child in the family and then you would have both a gift for children and the material for um, your uh, for your flies so anything like Barbie dolls, My Little Ponies, whatever, stuff like that with long hair, check it out and see whether you can use the, the hairs. Uh, also many, um, many uh, teddy bears and uh, other kind of furry animals can actually uh, be covered with uh, some quite useful uh, artificial fur which reminds uh, which will remind you a lot of, uh, of craft fur and uh, similar materials. So improvise and see what you can find. If, you, um, if you're into fur and natural dubbing, you should definitely go visit a furrier place where they deal with with furs and leather and that kind of um, that kind of thing um, I have my own favorite furry in the center of uh, Copenhagen uh, the reason why I love that shop is that they have these big baskets of um, remains uh, waste cutoffs and trims and what have you and um, they uh, they put that in uh, in bags, scrap bags, which you can you can get for close to nothing. And if you poke around a bit in those in those um, piles of bags, you can really sometimes find something which is quite amazing. Both uh, rabbit and uh, nutrient mink um, natural colors, patches of very nice natural colors, sometimes dyed. In most cases, dyed colors which we don't often use, uh, but uh, like pink and sky blue and and uh, and colors which you will recognize from from clothes. But um, definitely uh, some some uh, materials that you can use, and uh, they might not be perfect. Some sometimes the hairs might be. A bit worn or curled or whatever but then you can cut them off and use it for dubbing and blend it into some really nice dubbing material so definitely euphoria is a great place to go and if you want something particular like rabbit for rabbit for sangha strips or squirrel or nutria or mink or something like that don't go to the local fly shop and buy a patch which is two by two inches but go into a fur shop and ask for the same material and you will probably be amazed how inexpensive 
a whole pelt or a quarter or half a pelt is it's quite amazing and uh, and I've done that a lot because I love tying with fur and I love cutting uh, natural fur up into sunker strips and tie some really nice sunkers so um, that is definitely a place to to go I don't hope the, I don't hope the the wind is too um, too harsh here it's actually bitterly cold and I'm probably gonna creep back into my car now because it's extremely cold out here as I said it's freezing and as you might be able to hear I have the wind right in my face now so I think I'll uh, I'll head back to the car I'm closing in on the uh, on the shop now so let me just cut the music here had enough of that B52s thank you and uh, see if I can find somewhere to get rid of the car which is usually a problem in this neighborhood it's quite a busy place quite a busy uh, busy neighborhood and uh, quite a lot of um, of traffic and uh, well easy 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 there was actually a parking lot right almost right outside the, uh, the shop now okay see if we can uh, find something worth buying um, and uh, just drag you along oh, this doesn't make too much noise I've just put the microphone in my in my on my collar here as I usually do so and uh, trying to get out into traffic here without losing a car door which is also difficult all right there's a chance here Here we go. easily mostly because I was just amazed by those prices same thing as usual I wound up buying uh, some chenille which I've 
been on the lookout for for a while and uh, and um, uh, um, one of those pens waterproof pens that you can mark up dye materials with on the fly which um, I've been looking for for a while too and uh, altogether uh, at a very fair price and uh, the guy that that took care of me in there was uh, a guy that I know quite well so uh, I even got a discount so I'm happy but I just managed to uh, I just snapped a couple of pictures of some of the materials in there and I can tell you that there was some extremely expensive stuff I don't know what these people think you get like a bit of body braid or a bag of uh, a bag of some plastic filament of some kind and, and they charge you like ten dollars even by Danish standards which are quite expensive it's uh, it's ridiculous um, but uh, anyhow I'll be heading home now from this very limited shopping and um, see what uh, what I can um, I can use the newly bought uh, stuff for and uh, I think we will call it a day regarding the podcast and um, just leave it at that very little fishing and quite a lot of talking and um, it's still winter here so um, hopefully uh, spring will be here soon or just in the beginning of March so uh, it should be should be beginning fishing should be beginning on the Danish coast any day now and hopefully I will be able to take you uh, out fishing and even uh, even manage to catch a fish we'll see Um, for now goodbye and thank you for listening and uh, see you back on the uh, next global fly fisher podcast